Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Just a quick note before we get started that this is part of our Blast from the Past series, where we celebrate one of the incredible women in tech from our archive. And if you're a new listener or you're just looking to be inspired, dig into the back catalog. There are literally hundreds of stories to choose from. Enjoy the episode. I just remember signing his contract and crossing my fingers and thinking, I have 30 days to find $5,000. My name is Esprit Devora host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. This Women in Tech road trip is powered by Kia Nero Touring. Yes, Kia provided us the most fuel-efficient, comfortable car to be our mobile podcasting studio as we drive state-to-state Los Angeles to New York celebrating Women in Tech featuring them on the Women in Tech podcast. First of all, it has cooled seats. It has the most silent AC. You can't even hear it. I leave it on load during the interviews and it is perfect. No disruption at all. You have fuel efficiency because it's hybrid. It comfortably stores all of our stuff. And there's three of us in this car with a ton of backpacks and mic gear and video gear. The Kia Neuro Touring is phenomenal. Simply could not be possible without Kia. A huge thank you. Enjoy the Women in Tech Road Trip Series. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast. Oh my gosh, I am in one of my favorite countries in the world, Canada. So excited to be on this Women in Tech tour. And I get the massive privilege of interviewing someone who is an absolute inspiration. Mentor has been just an example of what I hope all of us can be as community leaders and collaborators. Shauna from the Haste and Hustle Conference. I have been so excited to interview her and I'm incredibly grateful to be sitting here in Toronto, Canada to do so. Hello, Shauna. Hi. Thank you for making time and for being so supportive in my entry. I've been in in Canada for about 12 hours now. Yeah. <laughs> Most of that has been spent driving or sleeping. So yeah. I appreciate you welcoming me into the city and uh, getting my bearings straight. Yeah, no, I'm so happy that you made it here. <laughs> um, so let's start at the very beginning so people can feel as passionate about you as I do. Tell me about... Well, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do. Sure. Like I said, my name is Sean. I run a conference called Haste and Hustle and another one called Generation Now and a series of other events for clients. I mean, I am an event planner and an event producer. And um, my events that I produce are largely to support emerging entrepreneurs. So I put together all sorts of great speakers, really engaging networking and just really try to make it an exceptional conference from every aspect. Right. So that 
emerging entrepreneurs can a afford to attend. It's geograph geographically centric for them. And um, just something that they will leave with some serious strategies that they can apply immediately and um, really change their business. And even after we did the last one, we had so many people emailing us saying that it changed their business. So, so cool. Yeah, it's been great. And now this is a conference unlike any other. So how often does the Haste and Hustle conference happen? Uh, Haste and Hustle only happens once a year. And um, but we do have Generation Now as a sub brand of that. That's for like really emerging entrepreneurs and students. And um, that happens. That'll happen once a year. It's happening in February. And then we also do networking events throughout the year called Haste and Hustle Hookups. Ah, Haste and Hustle Hookups. I love that. Okay, first, where can people find Haste and Hustle Hookups? Um, that's all going to be online. It's not online just yet, but probably will be by the time this podcast launches. So um, it's hasteandhustle.com and all the information's there. For and can you spell it for us? Yep, yeah, sure. It's H uh, A S T E A N D. H-U-S-T-L-E dot com. And OK, so you have the Haste and Hustle hookups, but let's talk about your two conferences because they are unlike anything else. Do both of them happen in just in Toronto? Yes. Uh, well, no, sorry. Haste and Hustle happens out in Niagara region. Okay. So Niagara is just south of Toronto and um, it's just a smaller area. But it's very accessible to the American market. So we made it there. and Because it's close it. to Buffalo. That's right. Right. Yeah, very close to Buffalo. And we also, um, that's where I'm from. So I wanted to do something in my hometown. And um, it's just a great venue and, and an area for people to come out to. And, oh, oh, sorry. And for those of you who don't know, Buffalo is in New York. So Buffalo, New York, it's just on the border of Niagara Falls. So you can, it's like a 30 minute drive to Niagara Falls. You can walk over into Canada. <laughs> so it's accessible from both the U.S. side and the Canadian side. So it's a great, great location for mm -hmm. a conference here. And you've had some world renowned speakers there. Yeah, we had um, Gary Vaynerchuk, Casey Neistat, Manjeet Minhas, John Dick, all sorts of wonderful speakers at our first event. So it was incredible. <laughs> okay, so, and that's kind of how you and I connected. Um, well, one, we connected via Twitter, which is crazy. Yeah. We connected because you're such a supporter of women in tech and just people who want to thrive and build their dreams and you want to create that support system for them to be able to do so. Um, but in creating your own dream of having this conference come to fruition, it was how do you have these mega speakers just turn up first time around? Like, did you have like a, a huge Rolodex to start with? Um, no, like it's really funny. I and people ask me this all the time. I don't know anybody. You know, these are not people I know They're I'm not like some secretly famous person and I don't secretly have some huge bank account. I just really wanted to do it. And I I knew it was possible. I knew we could just, I don't know. I, I, I was a little naive. I'll be honest. Like I didn't, I, I, you know, I had some pretty big failures on the financial planning side of that event, but at the same time, the that's work, worked itself out in the brand building. But I just honestly like phoned up Gary um, Vaynerchuk first. I phoned up his agent and I just put the offer in, not realizing that I was like, I don't know why this sounds so stupid, because now I think about it and it makes sense that I was competing with other people who would also be, you know, putting offers in right. him. And uh, I didn't even think about it. I just like put together my, you know, pitch and my offer yeah. and sent it in and it was accepted. And so I don't know, that just worked out really well. And then I think once you do have a major headliner, it is easier to get others. And um, although when I spoke with Casey Neistat at the event, he said to me that 
it was remarkable that, you know, the, everyone said yes, because it is really hard to, and I never had experienced a no. No one said no. I love Every, it. Everyone I asked said yes. And it wasn't until I started booking for this next event that I, that I got a couple of no's, like they were unavailable or whatever. Right. And then I'm like, oh, that's a possibility. And it's like, I it didn't even dawn on me. Yeah. And so I just went and asked who I wanted and they all said yes. So it just kind of worked out. And then I obviously had to pay their fees and, right. and bring them out. But um, beyond that, it was just how we just, I just kind of like worked tirelessly to make it happen. Totally. Yeah. And and not to be invasive because the show is about celebrating great work. So to the extent that you feel comfortable for someone that maybe wants to start or like follow in your footsteps, you said you didn't have a huge bank account. So when you so casually say I just paid their fee, mm-hmm. how? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, it's not like you have to pay their fee up front. So it's a ma- I remember, though, when I booked Gary, I had to submit a I think it was five thousand dollar deposit. Right. And I just remember signing his contract and crossing my fingers and thinking, I have 30 days to find $5,000 because I didn't have yeah, 5000 <laughs> This is like Richard Branson did the same thing. There's so many people. Jay, what's his name? Jason, um, was it Garney? Garney, the Canadian entrepreneur who does the mastermind dinners. Oh, Jason Gaynard. Gaynard. Yeah. He, he did the same thing Tim with Tim Ferriss. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I, it's funny because I look back at it now and I'm like, oh my gosh, I was crazy. And, and I didn't, to be honest, I didn't even have it in 30 days, but I had it in about 60 days. And, and it was funny because coincidentally his agent lost our file temporarily. Right. And so, and I was just like, I, I remember the second, you know, half of that 30 days, like it was like, I'd already passed the 30 day mark. And I remember just thinking, okay, I hope he doesn't call me yet. I got to like figure this out. And no one did. And then and then I finally reached out to them and said, OK, I've got the money. And they're like, oh, who are you again? And then I was like, hello. And then they found it. There was there just been like a little yeah. glare or nothing major. Yeah. And uh, and then I paid that. And then I had a long runway till I could, you know, but and then we started selling tickets and yeah. sponsorships and different things. And so it's um, interesting. Did you and again, I, I just I've met a lot of journalists that um their intent is to be scandalous or something and so even though it's so obvious that that's not me i just i really want this to be about educational and for you to only to share what you feel comfortable with but i'm really excited to um to ask so did you then use having this kind of like celebrity speaker to benchmark against getting the sponsorship, did that help you in that yeah, journey? Yeah, although, uh, to be honest with you, I that was part of, so there was, you know, like I say, I had a, you know, it, I, we took a loss on that event, and uh, or I took a loss on that event. And so, um, and part of that loss came from my, from my naivete a bit, and then also, like, n- not fully understanding some of the ways, you know, some of the, the financial planning side of it, and of, the, of a project of that scale. And so, um, yeah, I, I had to kind of just really figure that out as I went along. And I don't know, it was it was tricky that way. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe looking back, I would definitely change. And I think it's really important to remember to pl- know your role yeah. really well. Like I, I what what I always say, my my initial failure in that sense started when I I was always an event planner. And so I always I said to myself, I'm an event planner. I can produce my own event. But I didn't make that change in my head that 
there's a difference between those two roles. Right. And there is a massive difference. And so um, I had to like really, really work hard at the very end. And it put a lot of pressure on my team because I was then stressed and everything. And um, to make those financial benchmarks that we yeah. had because I hadn't strategized properly. Right, right. And um, so, I mean, and I thought, going back to your question, I thought that having someone like Gary would just sell tickets. I wouldn't even hurt. Like in my head, I was like, everyone's going to want to come see him. Does it work like that? No, not yeah. at all. Like, I think the only people that works like that is if you have someone like, Maybe someone like Oprah, or I don't even know. Like, and then the and then the price point still has to be reasonable. I lo- I love this candid. Hold it a little bit closer. Sure. I love this candid conversation because before we go into, it, I want to expand more on this conversation itself. But what I want to ask you first is why you and why now? And this is like you keep, you've repeated a few times that you took a financial loss on it, and mm-hmm. obviously you did that because you really believe in it. Mm-hmm. Why do you believe in it? Why is this important? Well, I wasn't expecting to have a financial loss, so like, <laughs> so that I mean, until the end, and and I had one. But at the same time, I like love, and I think you've seen that. Like, yeah. I love helping people, and I love like like I like eat the um, the feedback, the positive feedback. Yeah. Like that just makes me so happy when I hear. Like, I had a guy phone me and said that he, you know, he turned his business around within two weeks and was doing like had like done $74,000 worth of sales yeah. in like within two to three weeks of my event because of what he learned. No. And, and he literally attributed it directly to the event. No. Yeah. And I was like, that blew my mind. I was like, are you serious? And he even like went and made a video for me, like a testimonial because he was so passionate about it. I didn't wow. even ask him to. And stuff like that. And then I hear it all the time. Like $74,000 in sales because he attended your yeah. event. And I was just like, I mean, I know he's, you know, an anomaly, like yeah. like everyone had that experience. But like, I've had so many people say how much they loved it, how many wonderful people they met. And then also because I'm on the social media, I can see the people who attended and yeah. I can see their interactions with one another. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, those two were at my event and now they're meeting up in San that's Francisco. So cool. Oh my gosh. It's, yeah. It's how awesome. do you track all that? Well, I, I kind of, you just become familiar yeah. with it. I don't yeah. like, purposely track it. I just yeah. sort of randomly see it and it's like wow that's so amazing and so I I truly love that and then as I shifted towards this next event into like really supporting the emerging entrepreneurial market it was because I was like you know what I needed someone to help support me and I didn't really have it and and that I that I and I didn't really access it Right. right. I was just like kind of bullheaded and went and did my own thing right. and took a loss. Right. So I think um, I just really want to get that message out there that there's so many resources, there's so much support and it is there for everybody. Yeah. And I want to be the one to like usher them in and say, here's all the all the things that we can do to help you. And there's so many things here in the city and around the country and and wherever they're from. You know? So cool. Yeah. So it's just what I like to do. So cool. I, I love it. OK, so um. How many people do you have at both? Okay, tell me the name of the second one again. Generation Now. Generation Now. Okay, because I know Haste and Hustle. So how many people do you have at Haste and Hustle and how many people are you preparing to have at Generation Now? So Haste and Hustle is a little bit more of an intimate event. There's about seven to eight hundred. Seven hundred and seventy is our 
max at the venue that we have. And that we had about 700 and about that at the last one. It was at a different venue. I think we had just under 800 actually. And um, so it's a little bit more instruments. The price point's a little bit higher. And um, we do some different activities there and our speakers are different. Generation now we're going to have about 3,100 people. Yeah, it's going to be huge. So that's a lot of human. Yeah. Where do you find these people? Well, they, I mean, we do a lot of advertising. We have a lot of networks. I have a great group of people sort of like passionately promoting it. Right. And um, I'm working on a really solid sales strategy for it. And it's kind of coming together. We have a lot of great sponsors already. And um, incredible. Yes. Yeah, I really, I'm really just, I'm blown away by you. And I, I, <laughs> I'm excited to share your insights with everyone listening because this is such unique, candid information and it's so humble and it's so raw. Mm-hmm. And I think it's incredibly useful. I know that um, so Shauna was kind enough to jump on a call after we met on Twitter with the We Are LA Tech team to talk about sponsorships and advertising and all these things. And she even connected me to someone that was helpful in her journey, Daniel. And maybe we could give a shout out to Daniel for yeah. a second. And then and now Daniel's been training me and my team and how to be more effective at sponsorships and sales and What I love, and I'm just kind of like sidelining for a moment to give a shout out to Daniel. What I love about Daniel so much is he leads from integrity. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's where I lead from. And that's where you lead from. And you normally sales, the word sales and integrity aren't like in the same bucket. Yeah, not at all. And, and he constantly in every single call, he's like, if you're not doing this to help people, Go away. I've learned so much from Danielle. Going back to the operations of building a really significant business conference, because it's such exciting information. So you're sharing, and this is actually the same thing with podcasts. You're sharing, having a celebrity speaker did not help sell tickets. One thing about podcasts is a lot of people say, oh, you need to get a celebrity on your episode. That actually really doesn't increase your social shares um, at all. So uh, what did it work for tickets and why do you think having a celebrity didn't work or do you even know? I don't totally know. I think, I think it's, it's just so much more than just the celebrity. I mean, yes, having Gary and Casey was a big bonus, but, and, and, and certainly did help sales. Like it's not like it didn't have any effect, but we also had to make sure the price point was logical for people it, the location, the time frame, everything. And we also had a major snowstorm, that affected it. So we ended oh up. God, that must have caused you so much stress. <laughs> oh, it did already. Like, there was actually one point because it was a two day conference on the Thursday. There was a time because Casey and Gary and John Dick were all John Dick's the VP of marketing at HubSpot. They were all canceled their flights for the next day. And I, I literally had those three guys not being able to speak. And I was just like, I can't let this happen. And uh, we ended up like pulling some strings with the airlines and like, And I had to like phone their agents in Los Angeles, like the night that night at like midnight and book and tell them their flights are booked on this like really tiny airline. That's like a propeller jet. (laughs) (laughs) And and it was I'm like, you know, I'm in the middle of organizing, like executing on a conference and I'm dealing with all this flight nonsense. Yeah. And it was. Oh, yeah. You had to hustle. Yeah. Totally. It's about hasting and hustling. Yeah, I, know. I know. I always say I really learned the meaning of the name of my. <laughs> um, yeah. And so how how did you get the word? Like, how do you go from zero to hero 
I mean, literally like three, what'd you say? 3,300 for your new conference and like 700 plus paying people for your first conference was, well, how we do you do that? 700 paying? Like we did at the end, give away a number of tickets in order to fill the room because at the very end I could see I was going into a negative zone. So I'm like, it's going to, you know, I just have to fill the room. So at least it looks really good. The conference gets well attended. Right. The sponsors are happy. You have to just make sure that all happens. Right. So we reached out to a bunch of incubators and different places and said, here's some tickets. Yeah. Come. Yeah. And they did. So that was good. So we did have a fair, like the room was quite full. And um, and so it was really that we didn't sell enough tickets. And so really it was for me after that, it was like auditing, like what went wrong. Right. And 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 we didn't sell enough tickets. That was really the end, the long what? and short of it. And so it was. I mean, we sold a lot, but we just didn't sell enough. To ask a sensitive question, where's the moral code on the people paying versus people getting something for free? Yeah, that I totally get that. I mean, that's a really hard thing. I mean, we tried to make it so that we were offering the tickets to people who we knew couldn't necessarily afford it or would be benefit. Like, like I say, the incubators and that sort of thing. Um, so we weren't just being like opening up the floodgates and saying right. anyone come because we didn't want to devalue what people offered. And then what we also did is we tried to make sure that the tickets that were purchased were, you know, given special seating and stuff like that. So we did try and do a few things. But at the end of the day, when your conferences, I mean, and and I don't want to um, paint a bad picture. People loved the conference. It was really um it was a very intimate setting. So right. like the way the the venue was set up and and um, the way it looked, people really, really loved it. So um, and, and they didn't seem up, no one was upset. Like right. I would say they knew they were like, you know, they knew it wasn't exactly as they had been as we'd advertised it. Like there was a few changes, but we tried to maintain it as much as possible. Right. But I mean, it was our first year and we were learning and yeah. so we tried to be as honest with people as possible and communicate that. And I had like the most amazing team ever in the history of. So lucky. Yeah. So I was so lucky that they they were able to really like just execute it so well. Um, so, yeah, to answer your question, I mean, it, it that did like kind of, you know, I sort of suffered from that, like worrying about that. And we did offer a few refunds to anyone who complained or if it was really an issue. But at the end of the day, everyone who paid really did get a spectacular um, experience. Yeah. And I'm I'm proud of that. So I'm not going to like I can't really apologize. For yeah, it. I just I, I just have to know that, you know, in our in our first year, we were learning new things. We made some mistakes and and that was just one of them. And I'm sure that the people that did pay like you're such a person that leads with integrity and cares. I I have a very core gut feeling that moving forward, you'll give some sort of special. Yeah, actually, you're, you're right. We already <laughs> have done that. So like even some of our sponsors, we've offered discounts and, and not discounts, but like free tickets to our yeah. next event and stuff like that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so we, we are trying to you make, make sure that the value is that's is right. in alignment. That's with, right. Yeah, that's right. Um, what do you do when you're not producing epic business conferences? <laughs> <laughs> well, they do take up a big, huge portion of my year every year. So that's pretty much most. Is this your, uh, mainly your full time now? Pretty well. But I do have I do pl- still event plan for other companies. So um, I have some tech companies. I have some financial firms yeah. and different and all over North America, actually. Clients in L.A. and and. 
And then I also do retreats. So we've been planning some retreats in Bali and, and Costa Rica and stuff. Wow, yeah, so that's amazing. Yeah, so I'm kind of pulling together some great people to support those, and we're having fun with them. And so. who is your audience for the retreats? That's more of a mid-stage entrepreneur. Like, we're trying to catch people right at the end of that, like, first few years where they've kind of gone, like, kind of nuts working right. over time and, and they're frazzled and didn't have any money. And now they've, they're leveling off. They've got a bit of money in the bank, a right. little bit of staff. And now they kind of need to kind of circle back to their vision yeah. and their mission and strategize moving forward um, in that, from that place. So we try and catch them in that. I know that sounds very, very niche. It's, that's, that's just our ideal. Yeah. We have obviously a range, but um, that's, yeah, that's the ideal. It's so cool. What would you say is the number one way that you overcome challenges? Um, <laughs> I don't think there is one, just one way. I think there's a whole bunch of things. Like, I think trying to, I know this is like an overdone th- or an over sort of buzzword right now and staying positive, but it's true. You have to, like, I was having a really bad day yesterday. And, like, all these emails kept coming in that were kind of, not terrible, but they were just kind of, like, bringing me down a little bit. And I remember just, you have to almost talk yourself out of it yeah. and say, okay, this is just, let's just take care of this. And the, this is just, like, one blip. Yeah. And then move forward on, and, like, let's focus on all the positive stuff, yeah. you know? What good is happening? And then sometimes it's just uh, sitting back and thinking, oh, yeah, that I got that really good email. And I got this really good window. Yeah. And because sometimes when you get overwhelmed by the negative stuff, you forget. Totally. Good stuff, right? So I think sometimes when you're feeling like overwhelmed by the negative, it's sort of stepping back and remembering all the good and being grateful for it. Right. And then that helps you to move forward positively. And then like even just doing nice things for people. Like I know that sounds so cheesy to say. And like I'm not trying to say it in a braggy kind of a way. Yeah. I just I truly believe it. Like I when I was like going through like the hardships after Haste and Hustle ended, I would just try and like do like little tiny nice things for people because it was like the only thing that it could make me feel good. Yeah. And I was like, let's even just like sending like an old friend, like a, an email and checking in and yeah. something nice or whatever. It doesn't have to be anything, but just helping and doing something nice is you, a good way. You know what? I, it's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up and I know it sounds so simple, but I, I think you and I are very similar that when you do something nice for someone, you don't expect anything for yeah. in return. You're not, doing it for a reason but the reality is you did something really nice for me and now i'm sitting in toronto featuring you on the women in tech podcast Mm -hmm. and you know and then it even like i connected with daniel because so many things happen um there's a show coming out i i'm gonna not be so specific on purpose because i don't want to invade anyone's privacy but there's a show coming out called silicon beach it was just purchased by fox Mm -hmm. um in you know about la tech and it happens and I want I want We Are LA Tech to be connected to this TV show. And I don't I'm not in Hollywood. I don't know the production company, but I look up and I see it's produced by or it's um, someone involved is um, worked on this other TV show. Just so happened I helped an actress on that other TV show randomly, like expected nothing in return. I just yes. thought she was a really cool person. And so I just sent her an email today. I was like. Do you happen to know, like, yeah. it's weird how just doing something nice for somebody, sometimes it just, even though if you have, with the purest intent, it can come back around and really help I, propel you forward. totally true. Like, I, I am a hundred thousand percent believer in the fact that giving is this, all success starts with giving. Yeah. My, and it's, 
And you're right. You you give and, and, and you help and you offer support. And yeah, I don't expect anything from it at all. Yeah. I mean, of course, not even this at all because I'm not really a woman in tech, although I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> and so I... I, I think it's just about, um, yeah, just going out and, and it does work in the weirdest ways. Like sometimes I think the, you're like just yeah. like that connection, the connections that I make or the support that I get comes from these like random, totally random things I've done. And before we wrap up the conversation, well, first of all, um, I want to talk about how you say I'm not really a woman in tech because a lot of people tell me that who are in tech. So I do want to touch base on that. But before we do, I'm sure a lot of people at this point want to cyberstalk you. Where can they find Haston Hustle <laughs> and everything, all things you online? Um, well, most of my stuff's just under my name, like Shauna. Can you spell it? Yeah, S-H-A-U-N-A. And then my last name's Arnott, A-R-N-O-T-T. And um, Instagram, it's Shauna Claire one and same with Twitter, Shauna Claire. And can you spell it? Yeah. Shauna Claire? Yeah. S-H-A-U-N-A-C-L-A-I-R-E. Awesome. And yeah, before we wrap up, I just, a lot of women in tech, in my opinion, they're women in tech, have said I'm not women in tech because maybe they're not the engineer. Typically, they're like, well, if I'm not an engineer, I think even you said this about uh, there was a female founder and she specifically isn't an engineer, but she founded a tech company. I'm like, no, she's a woman in tech then. That's true. What do you think? I, I view you as a woman in tech because you produce significant events that are crucial to someone growing their tech company. You've had tech innovators and influencers as a part of your events. Um, you say that you used to be a woman in tech. What does that mean? And then why don't you view yourself as a woman in tech today? That is such a good point. And it's really funny that you say that because that's so obvious now that you say it. But <laughs> it is. I just, you know, I think of the women in tech as like you say, the engineers and the actual, you know, doers of the tech things. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think, I mean, when I say I used to be in tech because I used to be a geologist and so that was a bit more tech centric and um, well, science, technology, engineering. Totally. And, and uh, I, I, I believe that there's so many amazing women in tech. And now that I think about it now, my whole mind is just exploded with all the women <laughs> I know who work for tech companies. You know, I mean, I think there's so many aspects. I've been a tech entrepreneur and I'm I do know how to build websites, but I'm not an engineer um, because I think being a programmer is like being a programmer. So just because I could hack my way around WordPress doesn't make me a programmer. But, and you know this well, there's so many different aspects to a tech company. There's the designers, there's the engineers, there's the visionaries, there's the accountant, there's the lawyer, there's you, there's just tons and tons of different aspects. But I think when you work with a tech product and you're a piece of the machine that makes that product possible to bring it to fruition. Like in your case, like haste and hustle and generation. Now all those people technically are in tech yeah. because they're working toward putting this, making this product possible for the consumer to benefit from it. Right. And so if we only had an engineer, the tech actually wouldn't exist. Even with an engineer, they still need a designer. Yeah. And they need a, fr you know. That's true. You're right. I know. There's so much. You can't just have. So for me, women in tech means female founders. It means investors. It means engineers. It means designers. It means product managers. It means founders. It's all the different aspects that take a, a, a tech 
company or product coming to fruition in order to benefit others. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Awesome. I'm glad. Thank you so much for sharing your story, for being so candid, for educating us, for being so supportive of me and my team. No problem. Um, <laughs> I hope to attend a Haste and Hustle myself one day. They look like the most exciting experience. <laughs> I get to meet Daniel in person for the first time tonight, which is unreal. That's awesome. Um, and he's come up with some great ideas for Women in Tech and We Are LA Tech. And uh, I just, I appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I really appreciate you. Thank you. If you want to connect with more incredible Women in Tech, be sure to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. It takes you straight to the Facebook group. That way you don't have to ask me on Twitter a million times, which one is it? <laughs> uh, made that super easy. And um, tweet us, Facebook us, Instagram at Women in Tech Show. I will talk to you guys, see you guys, hear you guys. Oh my gosh, I'm almost forgetting. I always do this almost at the end. Okay. So have you heard of Compass Bracelet? No. It's this female founder out of Wilmington, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And the idea is this one, you guys, is 2119, 2119. And so she hand makes these. It's a cork imported from Portugal to look like gender neutral leather. And um, the listeners can follow it. And it within two weeks, you give it to a woman in tech who inspires you. That woman in tech gives it to a woman in tech who inspires them. Each one of you share your story and share your compass.com. So you could like see your stories flow That's through amazing. and meet one another. Another. That's amazing. Isn't that cool? That's 2119. So, cool. oh so shareyourcompass.com. Yeah. That's amazing. That's I pretty love cool, that. right? Really cool. Awesome. Thank oh, you. do you have someone in mind? Um, yes. Who? Um, well, a few. It's gonna be hard to choose. Okay, you don't have to choose if you don't want. Um, probably Kim Parnell. Tell us. So, who's Kim? So Kim is the founder of an app company called Blank. And uh, she's here in Toronto, and uh, she's been such a huge support to me. And uh, I'll probably like track her with it. Awesome. <laughs> and, and where can we find more about Kim online? Um, she's at Kim BK, K I M B K, on most of her profiles. And awesome. She's an influencer in her own right. So. Awesome. awesome. Yay. Thank All right. You. I'll talk to you guys. See you guys. Hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. This Women in Tech road trip is powered by Kia Nero Touring. We've been road tripping. Yes. There's three of us. We've slept in the car. Oh, my God. Yeah. We've taken it to campsites. Wow. Look, it has a sunroof. Yeah. That is like so dope. This, I'm not kidding. This is like really bizarre. So dope. Because Kia was my last stop on my car buying journey. Um, it's so dope. But I was blown away. And this, I'm like, the stars are aligned. Yeah. Clearly, and the, and the space in yeah. the back, super spacious. If I were to do a road trip again, I don't see me driving. And like the GPS working when there's no other cell reception, the heat and the cooled seats, depending on the temperature outside, just everything. This car is amazing. This is incredible. It's so funny because we have an SUV and now yeah. I'm like, maybe we should be trading in our SUV yeah. and opting for the Nero as well. Maybe we'll go full Kia yeah. I mean, as a family. No, we do a lot of road tripping. A huge thank you to Kia for powering this road trip series of the Women in Tech podcast. The Women in Tech podcast is an independent production funded by you, the community. To support Women in Tech, if you believe in the vision as much as we do, please consider going to womenintechpodcast.com. That's womenintechpodcast.com and just click on the contribution link to keep this podcast going. Thank you.
Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.